You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. All right, guys, let's welcome in special guest tonight, Cronulla Sharks head coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. G'day, Fitzy. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Yep, thanks for having me. Mates, like I said before we got on air, like excitement, expectation, marquee signings, you and Pricey coming home, Shark Park. It's the most excited I've been for a season, Fitz, mate. How are you feeling? Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season beginning, that's for sure. We, um, I feel I'm probably, probably stuck between two feelings. Um, yeah, so on one hand, I really want the season to begin so we can get into it. And on the other hand, a bit more time with the lads to prepare a bit nice also. But there's definitely plenty of excitement and expectation around, mate. So we are really happy with um, the way it's gone so far. And we'll, we'll, have, we'll have our hurdles, but I'm excited to work our way through them and see where we land. Yeah, Fitz, you know, you just come back from camp. With you guys being, you know, there's relatively a few new players into the team, Is it when you go to camp, is this like a physical thing or is this a bonding kind of thing or a mix? Yeah, a little bit of both. You want to, um, you can skin your camps different ways. Some clubs do army camps, footy camps, like some training you know, points of difference. Um, kept us pretty simple, to be honest. We just wanted to get a lot more footy work done um, with, you know, with the guys, new form combination, spend a lot of time on that and then, you know, obviously some meeting time and spending some time together as a group away from, just break up the monotony of the pre-season a little bit, get out of, um, you know, get out of the same training venue and something a little bit different and it served a good purpose, we got some good work done, yeah. it, was, uh, it, was, you know, it was enjoyable to spend more time with yeah, Fitz, how much has like, COVID interrupted? Because there was an article out last week and they said, the sh- I'm not sure how accurate this is, but they said the Sharks were 60% of the COVID, ha- uh, 60% of the squad had COVID. Some of the other ones have already had 100%. Is that accurate around 60? Uh, not entirely, but it, listen, we've had, um, fortunately for the majority, it was uh, during the break and it wasn't overly disruptive. Like, it is disruptive, of course. There's no, there's no way around that. But, um, you know, how you, how you term disruptive, we just got on with what we had available to train with and work through it. And now we're at this current point in time, other than a couple of uh, return to training injuries, we're, um, you know, we've got majority of the squad training. Nice. Mate, just on yourself personally, have you found kind of that transition from being assistant coach at the Roosters to now head coach at the Sharkies? Are you doing a little bit more man managing? Yeah, definitely. It's... Um, I'm enjoying it, first of all. Uh, I just felt like, uh, you know, it's been, you think you're prepared. As a, as a, um, yeah. thing about, I've figured out, in, um, you know, you don't find out the hard way. It's all fine now, because like, it's pre-season, everyone's so optimistic, and it's quite smooth sailing, everyone's full steam ahead. But you might have a good good day plan and, and a good week, good operating rhythm, and everything's going nicely, but just things pop out from 
from different areas that you probably don't account for, and that's just getting used to those volume of thoughts being a little bit different. You know, when you're an assistant, you can really focus on a couple of key areas, and obviously being a head coach, just probably just the volume of thoughts. And there's so many dots in a footy club, right? You've got to connect, and it's just about connecting the dots as best as you can. And, you know, so far, so good, but I don't think there'd be any other NRL club that's not feeling good about where they're at at this stage of the year also. Yeah, Fitz, can we talk a little bit about culture? Because just hearing some of the boys in different interviews, especially Ronaldo Multalo, he was talking about, you know, the squad shaking hands with every single person pretty much from the cleaner to the coaches to the playing staff. And there's so much message that a lot of players that are re-signed wanted to play for you. How does that make you feel with the confidence of them backing you? And then can you just talk a little bit about maybe some of the brief little things that you've introduced in terms of changing the culture at the Sharkies? Oh, look, I don't think it's me. I think they um, I think they genuinely love the club, the players that are there. I think they genuinely love um, being part of the Cronulla Sharks. And it's a lot of, uh, you know, with the development going on at the New Leafs Club and, and, and at, at, at Pointsmouth Stadium now, I think they're excited to come back. So there's a lot of elements. It's not necessarily me. They're a very tight group. That a lot of them... Um, if you look through the squad of grown-up playing junior reps that have spent like a real a number of years together now, even though they're not overly experienced in the NRL, they've been together for a long period of time. So I think that's been um, that's something that's been really noticeable to me. And yeah, you know, small stuff like obviously, um, you know, you want to create an environment that people want to want to play in. But I think the future vision of the, the club and setting things up is, is really. Um, really help that but like I said they, um, they're just a genuinely um, excited young young crew that have spent a lot of time together so they want to they stay together yeah, now speaking like kind of standards of leadership, you know, you were very lucky, you know, you got Cam McInnes before you signed and then you got Dal Finucane over the line so can we talk a little bit about the standards and leaderships that these two have brought to the club? Yeah, they've been, um, been great like obviously I think um, one thing about Cam and Dale and Cam yeah, probably I think there's a lot of talk about Cam Dale and Nico obviously Matty Matty Cavallo like new recruits like that but the thing that um, uh, Cam and Dale have done is they just they just they don't relent like every day is the same you know like it doesn't matter what style of training day or it doesn't matter they just they come prepared they train to the best of their ability but the most important thing they, they work on the people inside and outside them to improve so uh, you know, they'll, they'll go about their, their season professionals, right? So they'll go about their year and they'll, they'll perform consistently like they do every other year. It's the growth will come in, like we said before, the players that have been there a few years and, um, you know, they've been in developmental stages there and, you know, the club's over the last few years has done a good job to give those guys a go and really excited that folks like Cameron Dalton come in and help um, facilitate their growth. Yeah, now Fitz, I heard, I heard a, like it could be an urban rumour that Cameron McInnes was so upset with the squad once that he made them do like the session again. Is this true? <laughs> um, well, not that I can recall, mate. Um, he's, uh, he's intense and he works hard and if he's not happy, he, um, he pushes those standards. Might have been a little bit of a couple of reps of a drill or something. Like that. I wouldn't sure have said that. I don't know. I don't have the performance staff in the case we that up here if we did a session twice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Porky. Now, mate, I really want to talk to you about Will Kennedy because, for me, he was the most improved at the Sharkies last year. But when you were coaching at the Roosters, you know, you obviously made him, you got him extended pretty quickly. 
What was it about him when you were coaching somewhere else that really impressed you? Again, he's one of the crew that spent a lot of time together in the junior grades and developing together. So that's important for connections amongst the playing crew. And then the speed of development in one of the hardest positions in the NRL, I thought was impressive. Um, so, yeah, fullback, the demands on a fullback um, really hard, like obviously defensively and and the amount of support carrying the ball and diffusing kicks, etc. But they, um, for Will, I just thought that to go into such a demanding position, he showed a lot of resilience to play the, the year. And he credits Connor Tracy for last year's preseason, where they both trained um, at fullback. And Connor really lit a fuse for him on his intensity and preparation and work ethic. And to improve so dramatically in a year, um, thought that was that was pretty that was pretty impressive. And for Will, he knows. He also knows that he wants more. Like it's not, he's not comfortable with where he's at. He knows he's got some levels that he's going to have to find to be a top tier fullback in the NRL because there's a few special fullbacks out there at the moment. So he's um he's been grinding. Not his work ethic. Um, his work ethic and professionalism has been really impressive, and we um excited to see how the season plays out for Will. Yeah, the other name you mentioned, there, mate. <laughs> Connor, Connor Tracy, and I heard you give a massive rap to him on Breakfast Radio the other day, but I love Connor. Like, to think that he was a halfback and now he's transitioned from the wing and into the centres now. Kind of, how's his development going? Because I know Price is back and he's a def- defensive specialist like yourself. How have you worked on him over the preseason? Uh, Connor's returning from um, surgery, so Connor's had a disrupted preseason, but not in his, um, definitely not in his attitude and not in his. Um, not in his mentality, he's not returning for anything. He's um, he's been great. He's he's getting you know he's getting he's getting going now. He's getting going well. So, but uh, Connor's had you know a bit of disruption there with um, some surgery that needed. So it shows you the level of player that he's had. He played majority of last year injured. So looking forward to seeing him fit. Yeah, definitely, mate. Also heard that you're speaking about Ronaldo having a bit of a crack in the centres at training as well. Is that a legitimate thing for this year, or just a bit of a skills like multi-skilling up a little bit? Yeah, a bit of both. We're just working on um, different you know, combinations there, and Ronaldo grew up a centre, so uh, we've got there's a, there's a whole host of players that have been um, around that position. So Connor and um, Connor and uh, Ronaldo would sometimes interchange throughout the course of last year as well. So I think, uh, you know, he's been, um, he's, he's so infectious, right? You can sort of see it in him, you know, the way he plays is just, he really gives the guys energy. And um, he's, um, yeah, he's a definitely, uh, definitely a bundle of energy when he comes in. And he, uh, we can light up the room, Ronnie, and you definitely can light up a training session once you get to move it. Yeah, I can imagine, mate. You're going to have a tough conversation with someone. You're like, the wingers' depth is impressive, mate. You know, Ronnie, Matt Ikevalu, Sione Katoa. Is, are you going to use the trials as a bit of shootout for these boys? Yeah, we'll see where we land. It's too early to say at this stage. So uh, but have got a plan in mind that we're heading towards. And we'll, um, yeah, they've prepared um, really well to this point. But like I said earlier, it's, you know, the preseason, pre-season window of opportunities open and it's good having everyone putting their best foot forward at this stage. So, yeah, a little bit of that, but definitely not planning mine, which is too early to share with anyone at this stage. Yeah. Uh, Fitz, Brittany Acora and Teague Wilton, now both developing edge back rowers like yourself from back in the day. How have the boys kind of gone under under your coaching in the preseason, mate? Uh, 
yeah, they're really good. Like it's um, it's kind of the same. You know, it's, it's almost the same for all the guys. Like it just just takes that a uh, takes that a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a disruption through his preseason, but going good now. Teague he's firing away, and Brits had. I don't think, I'm not sure if Brits even missed a session at this stage, so he's um he's definitely ready to play for the All Stars. Brits he's um he's had a tremendous preseason, so he's going well. But they're um you know along with Wade and Sifatalakai, kind of so there's a couple of couple of good uh man. Like you want to be as a as a coach, you you want to have the I'd rather have a tough um, tough decision to make come team selection than not. So uh, they're all they're all putting pressure on. That's for sure. Yeah, fits it. It is noticeable, like not only squad depth, but the interchangeability between a lot of your players. Was that something intentional that you had, like the the versatility of guys from position to position? Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit of talk around that. With the um, you know, you don't have a crystal ball, right? So, um, uh, with the last couple of years. Uh, injury records I think probably went up a little bit and um, and obviously throw in the fact that this will be the first year with COVID I'm not sure what the NRL rules will be around that but probably could be some COVID disruptions throughout the course of the year so it's it's good to have some um, some multi-positional players there but you also want to land on you want to give players an opportunity to be great in one spot right you want to let them be the best that they can be in their positions that they want to play and uh, we'll uh, we'll work through through that as it comes because you just don't know. Like it's you, know, you don't know what could what could work out, what might not, and um, it's it is, it's comforting today. We've got a little bit of uh, uh, flexibility there, but you do you do want to let guys grow into a particular role and, and excel at it. Though. Fitz Blake Braley, you've just extended him, and I think again he's just so skilled, and I think we haven't seen the best of him. Some of his his junior play that I saw him jumping out of dummy half and using his skill, I don't think we've seen the best of him just yet. But really impressed with that Jaden Beryl. I saw him in the last end of the Queensland Cup as well, and you 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 were really lucky to pick him up, and then also have Cameron McInnes. So it does seem that you know Blake's actually got some competition there, as you just mentioned before. But can you tell us a little bit more about maybe Jaden Beryl? Yeah, he's been great. He's a real good story for us, Jaden. Um, like people would know that he's been, um, you know, he's been basically waking up, trying to train really early, get a lift in, working on the tools majority of the day, and training footy in the Arvo, and he's sort of living about an hour away from um, where he was training. So he's had to grind. You know, he's in the um, from memory Australian schoolboy, the Bronco system as a young age, and sort of lost that lost that want, lost that passion a little bit. But um, to see a guy have to grind from where he was to, to get an opportunity and that work ethic and grind that he's experienced has definitely led to the way he's trained because um, he, hasn't, he hasn't missed a beat so far and the guys love him. He's been really accepted into the group and he, uh, he just, he's, yeah, just you really, you're really, um, Really happy to see guys like that. Like he, he's loving it at the moment. Obviously, it's a totally different, um, totally different landscape for Jaden. And um, yeah, he just—it doesn't matter how hard things get. He's just so grateful for an opportunity. So um, that's that's been it's just such a good story. You know? Probably not enough of those opportunities come around. It's very hard um, for for that sort of to happen very often. With you know, the professionalism, but I'm just happy that he's with us. And uh, Matt Rogers actually helped 
break of the deal, which is his manager, so that was a good story as well. And it's Matt's um, first client to get an NRL contract and being a former shark rate and getting us helping us get Jaden's been um, yeah, it's a good story, that one. Yeah, I love it, mate. Now, mate, Cameron McInnes, you know, you guys are probably in a lucky situation that he did his ACL pretty much this time last year. So his return to play is a lot different to guys like, let's say, Adam Dewey or someone that did it at the back end of last year. But how's his progress coming back? Are you going to maybe hold him back a little bit or is he just full all guns blazing from round one? Well, he's been all guns blazing because he's like um, what we've said before, he's like a ball in a china shop. Yeah, he just he goes so hard. And, um, but they are there significant injuries, right? Like it yeah. generally generally take a while to, to hit your straps. So um, we'll you know we'll we'll look at that. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of work our way through that. But Cam's um Cam's super excited for the season. He's done a lot of training again. Like it's, it's it's been a long time to recover, which has been good. That's been a um, that's been a win to actually get the integrity of the knee strong and. Key strength and fitness and everything back, but they are, you know, there's a, it's a fair, um, it's a fair hurdle to overcome, isn't it? So um, we'll, um, we'll work through that as we go. But he's charging at this current point in time. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, mate, all the listeners <laughs> want to talk about this man, Nico Hines, and. In terms of a marquee signing to the Sharks, I don't think we've had a guy like this, well, not so good-looking since ET, mate. So there's a, lot of exci- <laughs> there's a lot of excitement around this bloke. But what was it back... Like, I know that, you know, you've spoken about him being a very... You know, you, you, you know off-the-field stuff, you really value. I know that. But in terms of kind of like... You're putting him as the marquee half now. Like, when you were watching last year at the Storm, what were kind of the attributes that you thought, even though he, he played at a junior level in the halves, what was it that you think that just gets him to that, that marquee level, straight off the bat sort of thing? Well, his decision-making is high level. Obviously, he's skillful. Like, I think that's pretty obvious. And I think, um, again, like, the fullback's really... fullback position's really demanding. And um, one thing I'm just... Watching him play was um, he seemed like he seemed everywhere. Fullbacks really fatigue. There's a lot of work to get through there. So obviously he had a good motor and a really good, um, really good skill set. But his decision making and and, um, and ethic, like off the ball team stuff as well. Like you know, he just had had like that whole uh, whole calmness and clarity around seeing the game that's you know like decision making is obviously crucial for halves I just felt like he had that in him and like the fact that he'd grown up a half and went back and watched some historical vision of his halves games yeah you know to adapt to the level at fullback for a couple of seasons the way he did I thought was pretty impressive so um, yeah he's trained and worked really hard and um, and, yeah the guys love him as well so um, we're, we're working our way through the combinations there, and like keep mentioning, it is very, very still in its infancy. But um, he's been, he's been very exciting to watch prepare, and really exciting to watch train because he is such a such a skillful, um, good decision maker as well. Yeah, Fitz, I watched a few highlights from his games when he was playing for Manly in the flag, and mate, his kicking game's ultra impressive. Like I didn't realise how good it was. Like how's that been at training? Yeah, he's got a big kick on him. We've got um, probably blessed a little bit there where we've got a couple of different kicking options. And Blake, Blake actually kicks the ball really nice out of down the half. Yeah. Wade, Wade kicks with his left foot. Moisa can kick left and right foot. 
great trend on the kick, kick out kick. So we've got um, yeah, we've got a good host of kickers there. Obviously, you want to finish your sets in the right spot so the kicks get the best chance to to land where you want them. But yeah, he's got a monster boot. That's for sure. He can um, he can give it a nudge when he has to, and and in and around um, the goal line, he's got like that sort of nice touch on his his boot where he can sort of softly get him in there as well. Yeah, now, mate, you know, you're a former all-star goal kicker. Like, when it comes to picking your goal kicker at the, closer to the end, the start of the season, do you make them do a shoot-off? Is that how it just gets decided? I oh, you can do. Uh, basically, just let them rep it out. It's still too far away to, to land on that, but um, Nico kicks well and... Um, and he's, he's been working pretty hard at it at the moment. So basically the biggest step well as a forward as a goal kicker is you've got to want to kick. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, without making a decision yet, we'll see what plays out over the next couple of weeks. Nice. Now, mate, just to wrap things up, we'll talk about a few of the kind of younger guys. The first one, I watched, uh, again, a, a highlights tape of your rugby union convert, Lockie Miller, and he's ultra impressive. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of Lockie's background and maybe uh, – the likely positions that he might play this year? Yeah, he's got good utility value, obviously, Lockie. Um, you know, he could play in the halves, fullback, possibly in the centres, trained a little bit of nine. He's, um, but he's, he's uh, just turned 27, Lockie, so he's, um, he's physically very well developed. Obviously, the training from sevens is um, it's quite quite intense, the way they train for sevens rugby, so... Athletically, he's very strong, powerful, and his skills are good. So, just getting used to Lockie, getting used to the information of different roles is um, that's where he's at at the moment. But he's um, he's loving it. He's loving the challenge, and, and he grew up. He's grew up playing league, right? So it's not foreign to him. He's um, he's um, he's always loved rugby league, and again, he's been like Jaden, thankful for the opportunity, and um, we're thankful to have him. And been a good, um, he's been a, a really good, um, really good pre-season trainer for us as well um, probably probably feel like I'm saying the same thing about everyone at the moment mate but we train the house down train the oh look it, again it's just it is what it is right like everyone feels the same for pre-season just you got to you got to work very hard you got to have um, you got to get through a lot of a lot of footy a lot of hard work and pretty simply the guys have all done that like it just it is we are where we're at. We're happy with where we're at, but we're um, we've got more work to do yet. We've still got a bit of time up our sleeve to really fine tune how we're going to play, and um, we're doing that at the moment. And um, but Lockie's been Lockie's been great. He really has, mate. Some of the boys on your development list are quite impressive. The first one I want to talk to you about, Kay Dykes. Now you played against his old man, and I, I loved Adam Dykes growing up. That left foot, mate. What can you tell us about Kay? Yeah, um, drop it. Five eight, fullback the last couple of years. Um, yeah, really young. He's still a, just a twenty, I think. Cage, so he's still a couple of years of flag. Like he's, um, but he doesn't like physically speaking. He's, um, you know, he doesn't. He's not. Doesn't seem like he's physically at that de- developmental age. Um, so yeah, really good kid. Again, studious and um, works hard. His dad's like a fitness fanatic, right? And that's that's rubbed off on Cage because he. Uh, yeah, he runs good and skills are good. And again, it's just like footy information, right? Like experience comes through those pre-season 
um, training experiences. And then, you know, they've got to go through those stages of that, that hard work and relentless turning up every day, sick, sore, sorry for themselves and keeping, keeping going and then getting used to playing at different levels on the way through with flag and New South Wales Cup playing against men. So um, there's, there's a couple of guys there that are in a similar boat to Arcade, but definitely, um, yeah, definitely been good to push the, the standards of those guys through and, um, yeah, he's been, he's been good, Kate. Yeah, Fitz Jensen Tomatopia. I really, really rated him before the whole COVID break. I guess we didn't get to see too much of him because of the, all the breaks, but mate, he looks like a real athlete. How's he going? Yeah, good, gents. He, um, a bit like the goodness. Yeah, obviously it's been unfortunate with COVID for the last couple of seasons, right? And there's a whole host of guys that have had not much footy. Um, Hopefully, years to a dis, you know, no disruptions throughout the course of the year, so players like Jensen can get an extended run of um, playing against men. But you're right, he's physically is a specimen, isn't he? He's well built, and um, you know, he's sort of majority of his training has been um, as a as a winger through the last couple of training preseason. So he's done some wing and centre at the moment. So. He'll, uh, he'll get a crack in the trials, and we'll see how he goes, Jens. Nice. The last guy I want to talk to you about, Ryan Riven. I know he comes from Queensland. He's a halfback, right, Fitz? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, Riv's, um, yeah, again, just young guy. And um, I don't, I'm not sure Ryan's missed a session the entire preseason, which has been pretty impressive for a young guy to have that resilience, to be able to keep turning up and keep training. So, uh, again, another kid that we'll get a look at in the trials and hasn't, um, had a just he's had a disrupted couple of years, of course, like the other kids have. And he, uh, he had a uh, shoulder surgery at the back end of last year, so he's had a long extended break to get himself fit and ready for the season. And um, like I said, by the time he's recovered from shoulder, happened we started training again, so he hasn't skipped a beat uh, the whole time. And yeah, good good to see him get a crack against um, against some of the guys in or with some of our guys in uh, in the trials and see where he's at. Yeah, Fitz, you've got two trials. You've got Sunday, February 20 against Penrith and then the 28th against the Doggies. Is the first trial kind of the the less experienced guys and then the full team comes out on the second trial? Is that how it usually goes? Yeah, that's how it usually goes. But, um, yeah, at this stage, we just still want to get through a couple of training weeks until we get to that point and see, see what we need, see who needs footy, see who's a bit underdone, see who needs a rest, etc. So, But that's generally the plan where you go through uh, your trial matches, you sort of get um, the younger guys a bit of a hit out and maybe some guys that need some footy in that one and then, yeah, probably a bit more of an audition the week after. Yeah, nice one. Well, Craig Fitzgibbon, wish you the best of luck for season 2022. I can't wait to watch the boys play, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate.